Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 144. So for those of you who are new to the show, I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with entrepreneurs all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at their highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching and online programs. If you're listening to this episode in your car, cafe, home, or somewhere exotic, my aim is for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. Remember, to be exceptional will require you to pause, reflect, and implement. Let's get on with the show. So today's guest is Ben Kruger. He is the founder and CEO of Cashflow Podcasting, where they help industry advocates reach more people, change more lives, and move entire industries forward. Having collaborated on hundreds of podcasts since 2012, they've developed eight podcast principles that when applied, lead to highly effective business podcasts. Built on these principles, they've developed a proven system for leaders to host their own world-class podcast in a fraction of the time. And he's here today to share what he's learned. So welcome to the show, Ben. Jeff, I'm pumped to be here. This is going to be a great time. I love talking podcasting shop. Yeah, so really, it's gonna it's an interesting time because, as I said just before we sort of hit the button, this is going to be a topic that not only I'm probably going to learn tons about, but also I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of my clients are sort of going into this realm of podcasting. So it'll be really cool to talk about that. But before we dive into that, can you give me a little bit of a back story of what's brought you to this point today? Yeah, and and you know, as with any of these uh, stories, it's a bit of a disjointed, oddball collection of of events. But uh, I think that's kind of what makes it fun. Um, so I was I had a internship where I was working with a company called uh, Tropical MBA. They were a podcast that. Uh, talked about building location-independent businesses. Um, and I actually heard about this internship through listening to their podcast. I was an avid podcast listener of theirs first. Um, heard about this internship, thought it was perfect for me, and I applied. And it was actually in the Philippines. So uh, I got the email that said, you know, pack your bags. Um, <laughs> and about two weeks later from, from getting accepted, I was in the Philippines doing this uh, apprenticeship and I right off right off the bat was having conversations with uh, Dan Andrews who was both the host of the podcast and and ran the company and um, he mentioned multiple times how the you know the podcast was a really big part of their business um, but his team spent a lot of time in post-production and in publishing those episodes. And he really wanted to free them up to be working on other things. Uh, and my internship had nothing to do with the podcast, but um, we, we kind of had a few conversations over, over beers. It was a relatively laid back uh, internship. And um, we figured out what needed to happen to support the podcast from a production standpoint. And so I started taking over the production of their show, um, which was kind of my foray into podcast production. I had really done a little bit of, of audio and video work in high school, but that was about it. So um, that, was my, that was me dipping my toe in and he really liked my work. So he started referring a couple of people my direction. Um, 
And that's kind of how I got started in this whole podcasting space. But what, what really got interesting for me was when a e-commerce uh, community runner, um, Andrew Udarian, who, who runs e-commerce fuel, he came to me saying, you know, Hey, I want to start a podcast. I want to do it right. I don't have the time to figure it out. I don't know, you know, all the strategies of what's working and what's not. I want it to support my business and my brand. And so in us working together to figure out how we could strategically plan, create and launch a podcast for his brand so that he only had to show up as the host. That's where it got really exciting for me. Um, and we've been working on refining and improving that process of working with folks and launching podcasts for their businesses ever since. So that's kind of the, the rundown, as it wow. were. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of interesting things. Is, and, and the first thing is to me is, is for, for you, what, what was it that drove you to grab hold of that opportunity of going, okay, I'm going to work in the Philippines? I mean, that must have been a quite frankly, a bloody nerve wracking decision to go, I'm going to go on the other side of the world to do this venture, this, this opportunity, this apprenticeship. What, 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 yeah. what sort of drove you to that point? Well, you know, it was definitely a bit of a leap. Um, and at the same time, I had been interested in starting my own business for a while. I had actually tried a few different things um, I tried to start an e-commerce company, but A, didn't know what I was doing, and B, um, got to a point where I would have to invest uh, relatively heavily in an initial production run, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I was pretty inter intimidated by that process. But all things, you know, all those things kind of led to this, this desire to start my own business, but um, I didn't have any savings set aside. So essentially what I was looking for and trying to figure out is how can I have a, a job that supports me financially, but also gives me the time freedom to work on my own stuff. Um, and so looking into this internship, um, it somewhat presented the income freedom because while it wasn't a paid internship, I got room and board as part of the internship and you know, living expenses in the Philippines are pretty darn cheap. So um, you know, my runway just got, hugely extended. Um, and the amount of work that I was doing in this in this internship was about one to two days a week, all said and done, um, mostly sprinkled throughout the week. But then that gave me some time and space to work on my own stuff. And oddly enough, I didn't really plan for this, but it also gave me a little bit of the network um, and the personal connections to start learning more about business, you know, uh, creating businesses, marketing, what that looked like. Um, so really looking back, it was that perfect opportunity that came along just at the right time. Yeah. And, and also is, is you have, you obviously have that mindset to want to learn and challenge yourself to do that sort of thing. Cause I think, you know, that thing that that's one of the great attributes is having that courage and it takes courage, doesn't it? To go on <laughs> to the other side of the world. I'm assuming, are you fluent yeah. in Philip? Is it Filipino? What 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 language do they um, speak in Philip? There are multiple Filipino uh, languages. Right, okay. um, there are there are many. It's a a nation of a thousand islands. Uh, right, um, okay. Or actually uh, more than that. Um, and they have seven primary languages. So it's a whole it's a whole thing. Wow. But uh, the island that I was on, they spoke Tagalog. Right. Um, and I I 
could say good morning and a couple of yeah. phrases, but three uh, beers. You know, I learned I learned some of the basics. You know? Brilliant, brilliant. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. I always find that fascinating when you're young and you do that sort of. Okay, we're going to do that. Probably because I want my son to do something like that as well. Um, but yeah. now we're in 2020. We're in the we're in the time of podcasting during all sorts of weird and wonderful things going on with the world. Um, we are now going to talk about podcasting. So for you, when you, because it's, I'm sure you get this all the time is, is, am I going to be able to, is it easy to do? What do I need? You know, what do you think for someone who's wanting to do a podcast to start it up to help um, promote that? Well, actually, let's go back to that. Why do you think podcasting is great for a business? Yeah, and this is where I like to start because a lot of folks, yeah, they they want to start into what microphone do I use and, you know, what hosting should I set up and, you know, they they kind of jump into the technical pieces and I'm always a big proponent of like, okay, hold on, let's talk about is podcasting the right vehicle for you and your business, your brand, what you're trying to do. So, um what what we've seen with podcasting in you know, over the years and working on tons and tons of shows um, is podcasting works incredibly well in some ways and is naturally really strong in some ways. And it has natural weaknesses, just like any other communication channel. Um, but particularly to podcasting, we've found it works incredibly well for people who are looking to be positioned as a credible authority. They want to lead, connect, engage, and entertain and, and educate their audience. They wanna create a brand and a community around what they're doing. Um, and they have that long-term mindset where they really want to create and foster a space uh, around their brand that helps people move in a positive direction for themselves. So, you know, if that's in business, that could be in health, that could be in, you know, whatever your, kind of vertical space niche, whatever is. But um, the the nice piece about podcasting is it allows you to create valuable and, and helpful content once that's then leveraged out to an audience of thousands or, or more. Um, they can refer back to it at any time. So something you recorded last year can still be of value, still be listened to, still be driving, you know, listens, leads and engagement. Um, and fundamentally with podcasting, it's honestly just easier content to create than some of the other formats like video. You've got uh, a lot of other elements like lighting and different things going on with blogging. That's a different skill set. Um, cause I don't know about you, but I'm not a writer. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, transparency, <laughs> it's one of the, it's, it was a struggle that I had for about eight years because everyone's saying you should be yeah. blogging, you should be blogging. And I was like, I'm dyslexic. There's not a hope in hell that anyone's going to read my blogs and actually match my knowledge and my skill set with how I'm writing. Um, and also, yeah. I cannot stand grammar police sending me comments and stuff. I just I, I really say, like, <laughs> get something better to do. Um, but yeah, yes, so for me, um, podcasting was number one it was a it was a more natural thing i mean my you know i'm a coach so as my slogan says um a lifetime of results can come from one simple conversation 
because that's what I do. I'm, my conversation is my, is my bread and butter. That's what it's all about. So it, it very nicely sank into let's get it done. Um, and I've got a face for radio. So, you know, there's, there, there's that other benefit. Um, Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was just meant to be. Um, <laughs> and I, and I think is, is if I, you know, which is probably really useful for listeners to hear if I had gone with blog, 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 and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with blogging. It's just not my strong point. So I would be wasting a huge amount of energy and effort into it. Um, when you, when, I wanted to choose something that was easier for me, a low-hanging fruit in the sense of I'm comfortable with tech and I'm willing to experiment and stuff. And I, I was willing to have a go with it and see. And, you know, this show that we're on right now, this is probably my fourth attempt. Many of them have been taken off air because I'm embarrassed to have them on. Um, but that's just something mm -hmm, to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting sort of, dichotomy and evolution of a business and how you communicate with your content marketing. Yeah. And what I think fundamentally the primary value in podcasting and the one that, that I get really excited about is the ability for you to create deep, intimate relationships with others, whether that's people you're interviewing or um, your audience as listeners. So you as a coach, you know that you know for someone to work with you as a coach, they need to understand your general approach. They need to understand how you address that that problem or that you know what kind of solutions you bring to the table, um, and really they need to resonate with your style or your approach or your you know your the way that you go about doing it and. So what podcasting allows you to do is essentially give people a taste test of you, your personality, your approach, um, the type of coaching and the type of advice conversations, those kind of things, so they can get a sense for you as an individual and, and what you might actually be able to help them out with. So I kind of think of it a lot of times as, you know, that little, that little taster toothpick at the grocery store when you walk in and they give you the little thick with, you know, whatever tasty morsel on it and you think, Oh, that was actually better than I thought it might yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think because that's, I think that's the interesting thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's understanding that where it fits within your ecosystem. I think I've heard that that sort of described as about your business about where stuff goes. And then, Big time. It, and then the other thing is, is the, you know, it's, is it, so, so the other thing is, is people that the, they get wrapped around the figures, how many people are going to jump on this show. And, you know, I would hate to know how many podcasts are out now, even in the two years while I've been doing this show, um, how much it's grown, because it seems to have exploded. Um, mm -hmm. And especially even more so now we're seeing the huge benefits of it while people are stuck at home and not able to do their usual thing probably people are more sort of interested in experimenting with this sort of this modality and this form of media communication because it's, it, it yeah. doesn't have to be as hard as people sometimes think it is. Yeah. And you know, in, in kind of this current mode, all the live events and conferences and talks and, you know, those kind of live masterminds, those kind of things where people can 
get educated on particular topics and do networking in their in their industry and in their space isn't isn't there right now and it'll it'll come back um i'm sure it'll you know have slightly different flavors and different forms but as well like that's one of the realities at the moment where podcasting allows people to tap in as a continual learner you know most podcast listeners are folks who use podcasting for entertainment or for self-continuing education. Um, and so especially for business senses, it's mostly going to be a combo of the two. Um, but we've, we've just seen over and over and over again um, that element of being an educator and an advocator for your audience, for your industry, for your people um, is kind of that key trait or one of the key traits that makes the difference between shows that do really well and grow and expand over time and shows that kind of peter out. And one of the things that you mentioned as well is, yes, there's, there's definitely more podcasts out there, um, but what we've seen in terms of what's working well in, in podcasting for businesses, and keep in mind, this is, you know, we're talking about podcasting for a business, for a brand. You know, if you want to start a hobby podcast, that's great, but you know, the, that's going to be a different approach. Um, <laughs> um, what we found is podcasting is not the strongest audience growth tool. What it is, though, it is it is an incredible uh, audience nurture tool. So it can be it can act as a growth tool. Um, but what we find over and over and over again, as you were kind of talking about, podcasting is one of the pieces in a business's ecosystem. So, you know, naturally you have lead generation and exposure audience growth activities. You have lead nurture activities, keeping in touch, building that relationship, you know, creating trust, social proof, those kind of things. And then you have conversion activities where, you know, you have a sales conversation, you bring them in to work together and, and get a bigger result together. And podcasting is that piece that fits in the middle where you can engage, build a relationship over, the t over time, build social proof. Um, and essentially show that that depth of relationship um, and that ability to teach, educate, and help people get some results in advance from your free content, from what you're putting out there, so they can gauge whether or not you're the right option. For yeah, them. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And for, so, you know, if people are looking, they've they've kind of like sat there, they've worked it out, they've gone, okay, this is this is the good thing for me to do because I'm going to benefit. What are sort of the next, the next steps that they need to go through in order to start? Cause yeah. you know, because um, people can get very, very scared with all sorts of different things when it, it doesn't matter whether it's video or podcasting or something else, the demons will come out and the fears will kick in thinking of overcomplication and stuff. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and I'm a big believer in, in strategies and, and the fundamental principles of what makes something successful are more important than like the technical how-tos. Um, you know, the technical information is, is everywhere and um, I've created some resources of my own as well, kind of teaching the technical pieces so we can talk about mics and that kind of stuff. But where I always think people need to start is uh, they need to start with a clear idea of the their objective 
for starting a podcast? What is kind of that outcome, that end in mind that they have for creating a podcast? And so some good ones are, you know, building personal authority, building out their personal network, um, you know, creating community around their brand and, and connecting, building trust uh, and nurturing the leads and, and individuals around their current brand. But having clarity about what your core objective is in starting the podcast then allows you to make much smarter decisions when you start thinking about all the other elements of your podcast and you start thinking, should I do a show every week or every other week? Should I do a 20 minute show or an hour long show? Should I do interviews or solo episodes? All of those can be informed by answering or having a clear objective and then comboing that with um, what's in my audience's best interest. If you kind of use those two as guiding stars, then that makes it a lot easier to make decisions around the other pieces of the podcast. So that is where I always start when I'm talking to people about, you know, podcasting as a, as a opportunity for them. Yeah. And, and do you feel that people can mix and match or do you feel they, you know, let's say for example, they're an interview style. Um, do you think it's okay for them to, to set that format out however they want or, do you think the stra best strategy is stick with what, you know, stick with how you originally Good question. Thought? Yeah, good question. I'm a big believer in, in flexible formats and doing at the end of the day what's in the listener's best interest and what seems uh, like, it, like it aligns well with your brand and your message. So, um, you know, a, a perfect example actually is kind of this period of COVID and uncertainty um, the amount of shows that have always been interview shows, let's say, and during the COVID period have shifted a little bit to do, um, you know, I just had a conversation with a gal yesterday who has shifted to doing short educational, uh, informational episodes that are like little, you know, 15, 20 minute episodes with just her in it. And before that, for the longest time, it was just interviews. So you know, I am a big believer in tell your audience and set the expectation for what you are doing and why it's, you know, for their best interest. Um, but that frees you up to try things, test things out, see what kind of feedback you're getting from your listeners. And it alleviates a little bit of that stress that, that folks have around, I need to pick the exact right format from day one. And then I can't ever change it after that. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of that, that uh, false expectation, I guess, where people think if I start with interviews, I have to do interviews forever. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely not the yeah. case. And, and, you know, so, because I think that's the thing is, I think is if you, it, it, much the same as if you look at it from a business plan, you need the strategy before you start doing the other things. When, with that strategy, does that strategy then also include how it's hosted? Because there's hundreds of thousands of hosts out there. There's all sorts of different ones from um, Lipsyn to Captivate to ones like Anchor. Which one for you do you feel is the, is, is do you go for the simple ones first and then move on? Or do you go for the sort of the, the well-established ones first? Yeah, so um, I'm a fan of simple and well-established with a track record um, so that I don't have to be, I don't have to be dealing with their customer support a ton. Um, 
because you know we've we've used a bunch of different ones. Um, so most of our clients use Libsyn. Um, so you know if you've looked into podcasting at all, you've probably heard of them. Um, and I've just found them to be incredibly reliable. Um, that being said, at the end of the day, I think getting started with one is more important than picking the right one. Um, the only the only caveat to that is if you are uh, creating a podcast for your business, make sure you use a paid account um, in whatever podcast platform you use, the hosting platform you use, because the terms of service are a little wonky for free accounts. Um, and if you want to go and change platforms or whatever, in the terms of service, they may not allow you to do yeah. that. Yeah, they'll get you. Yeah. They'll get, they'll get you somewhere. Yeah, they'll get you. They're, they're getting something. Yeah. If you're using their platform for free, they're getting yeah, yeah. something. Don't you worry about yeah. that. And if you cock up big <laughs> enough, it's blood. But it's just, it just depends That's right. you go. So, so the, 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 the couple of other questions before we sort of go to the second part is the first one is, um, actually, probably three. So let's, let's, do, this in, Ooh, let's yes. do this in order. Number one is... Really simple. If we're looking at tech, because a microphone, you know, sound quality probably is important if we if we look at it. And um, I think if I'm looking at your picture, I don't know, but are you running a Sure mic on that picture? Yeah, I've got a couple of options going. Um, in that picture, I am using a Sure mic. Um, the what my 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 day to day is. Honestly, just an Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred, which is like eighty to ninety bucks on Amazon, and it plugs right in with USB, so it's insanely easy to use. And in my book, um, the most important features of a microphone are good, good audio quality, ease of use, um, and in my personal uh, use case, portability, because I like to be able to record from different places and not be stuck in one spot okay. so okay um, which is another that, thing to think, think about in your strategy as well isn't it the format of how you want to do it are you going to do it based on like a zoom totally. call or are you going to do in how because i have always done zoom and i went and did one uh, on location and the kit i had just wasn't right so i had to go out and buy some new kits just in order to do that because it was a completely new way of doing it so it's yeah you know, it's a strategy based thing isn't it at the very beginning for sure, for sure. And so, you know, if you're thinking I want to do interviews, but I want to do them at, uh, let's say, conferences and you want to do them in person, that's going to be a little bit of a different technical setup than Zoom call interviews. But, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't worry about that too much. Honestly, I would look, you know, if you do a quick Google search to see, um, you know, podcast equipment for X, Y and Z, like you'll find an article, you'll find something. And I'm I you know, getting started is more important than having the perfect equipment in my book. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. So um, second question is turning a listener or a fan into a possible client. Do you feel there's a specific strategy to do that? Um, and then the second one is, is when would you, would you consider that as part of um, turning the podcast into a I don't like saying a money engine, but let's say an earning engine. Um, what are they two separate things altogether? Because I think there's, I think that you know, you can create a, a great show and have people, loads of people who are listening, but it's that 
convert into, oh, actually, I'm going to ring this person up and I'm going to buy something or I'm going to hire them or I'm going to do something. And, and, and you know, at the end yeah. of the day, that's uh, if, if it's a business one, that's why they've done the podcast in the first place. Um, and then Certainly. there's the second one, which is maybe like sponsorships or Patreon or turning it into something that will generate some cash. Yeah. So I like to think about it like this. Um, you know, if you are a business um, and, and you do blogging or you have a social, you know, social media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing, you don't expect Twitter to actually make you money as a business. Um, you don't expect LinkedIn to make you money, but you do expect to connect with your audience and potentially generate clients over time for what you're doing. And that is how I've seen podcasting be used most effectively as a business tool. Yes, absolutely, you can get sponsorships. Yes, absolutely, you can um, do monetize through you know those kind of channels. But I, I will say that uh, for most shows, it's gonna be a tiny percentage of your income is gonna come from that. Um, uh, you know, unless unless you are getting t- absolutely tons of downloads, um, that's not going to be a major monetization source for you. So um, I'm a big believer in using podcasting um, as a way to do a few things. So the way you essentially, quote unquote, convert someone from podcast listener into client is uh, there's a few pieces. One your content needs to educate and be helpful resources all in in and of itself. So each episode you can kind of think of as a resource. Um, And so whether that resource is um, mindsets for your your audience to understand, whether it's stories of other individuals that they can connect with, relate with, um, whether that's direct advice, coaching, you know, um, that kind of thing, or a mixture of a bunch of different things. The idea there is each episode needs to be valuable um, in and of itself. Then what we find is baking social proof into your episodes over time is a really important part uh, piece of this as well. So, you know, what that looks like is talking about other um, individuals in your community, talking about questions that were posed um, by people on your email list or, or that follow you on social media, talking about um, a conversation that you had with a client that isn't, you know, particularly, you know, that, that doesn't need to be kept private, um, and, and your approach to how you went about helping them shift their mindset or, or see a different solution or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, so you're kind of baking in this social proof of community of, you being someone who can actually help people get results. Um, And then what we see uh, in terms of taking someone from listener to client, a lot of folks make the mistake of never even mentioning that they have a business that does anything even remotely related to the podcast. And it's kind of this interesting thing, which I get because people are trying not to be salesy, which yeah, people are scared stiff of selling like oil snake oil salesmen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, to be honest, they yeah, should yeah. be in the sense that if you come into a podcast trying to be a salesperson straight yeah. up, it's not going to work. It's going to go horribly wrong. Oh, totally. And, um, and again, <laughs> transparency. I've, I've, ta- I've knocked guests off air 
obviously not live um, because that's what they've done and they can't see, they can't do it any other way. And it's not, it's yeah, not, edu- kind of yeah. it it's not educational and it's not. and it's not resourceful in any way, shape yeah. or form. It's how many times can I fit my brand in, in a two second <laughs> sentence? And it's like, this which is, is getting nuts. Which is really no, ridiculous just, because, you know, if you think of them listening to some piece of content, they wouldn't listen to that. But, you know, then then they go and, and kind of think that will work. But um, so fundamentally, what we want to do is we want to educate, advocate, and support our listeners. And then we want to give them clear next steps when they're ready to get a bigger result in whatever your business and brand does for people. So um, a lot of times that's a opt-in of some kind or a lead magnet of some kind where they exchange their email address in exchange for um, you know, a video training or webinar, um, an email series or, um, you know, an ebook or checklist, something like that. But, um, fundamentally what it comes down to is thinking about your audience and the, the problem that you help them solve through your products and services. Um, and then what is that first, what is that first step where people want to see a bigger result for themselves and create um, essentially a, a resource that helps them take that first step. So essentially what you're doing is you're allowing these people who are uh, completely anonymous as podcast listeners, you're allowing them to identify themselves as someone who is interested in learning more about getting a, a solution to their problem or getting bigger results in, in a direction. Um, and then that's where you can, through a combination of your content in the podcast, and um, you know, having some of those other channels mixed in, like email marketing and those kind of things, um, you know, essentially present opportunities where they can learn about how to get a better result or how to you know solve their problem using whatever you offer. So it's not this slamming your you know twenty uh, four hour sale down their throat, and if they don't take it, then you know they never hear from you ever again. It's essentially educate, 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 present opportunity that's very specific and that helps them solve a real problem. Um, and it, it, that stair-step kind of ladder approach builds incredible amount of trust um, and builds a lot of, of you know, essentially allows you to build that relationship before you ever even get on a sales conversation with them. So by the time they are, are there, they've sold themselves. It's just you're answering some questions and you're, you're helping them understand exactly how it all works. Yeah, and you've, you've, it's, it's almost that unconscious thing like, oh, I know this person. I'm just going to have a chat with them. And certainly that's the experience from the other side. So me speaking to someone who's ringing up, who's listened to the podcast, they're speaking to me as someone is or practically it was almost like I've had a cup of coffee with. So the, 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 exactly. the relationship is there's a lot of walls being broken already because they can either use, oh, yeah, I remember you talked about that in episode so-and-so, or if that's really useful, you should try so-and-so. And I suppose that's that education and resource bit. Um, 100%, and, 100%. So then the, 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 the final question, because I could talk about this for days. Um, the, right, so <laughs> does... We, you know, we're 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 in the world of video now. Um, are mm-hmm. you audio prefer audio podcasts or video podcasts? 
So I personally prefer audio um, just because it allows you to keep doing your normal routine and still engage with the content without focusing 100% of your attention on consuming that content. Now, that being said, posting uh, a YouTube video of your content as well just really is additional exposure. Um, but if it's designed as an audio podcast, I think that generally for most businesses is is a better approach than um, it specifically being a video podcast. Okay, and do you feel that videos can go into audio podcast format? So like people will set up for a video, I don't know, let's say they're doing a, a YouTube video. Do you think that they can then strip that audio and it works well within a podcast? Or do you think the editing has to be done differently? Yeah, it depends. Right, okay. um, I think the core the core piece is um, there can't be any visual elements that yeah. are important. I'm looking at this brilliant <laughs> thing on my iPad. Oh, but you can't see exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like oh, follow me on my screen. Well, that doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um, okay, but the the other piece as well is um, uh, audio tends to work better for. Um, a little bit longer form conversational style education and particularly around mindsets and stories. Um, whereas uh, the visual element often is a little bit more effective for like specific step-by-step uh, -step or, you know, instructional tutorial type stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree so I think, I think the, yeah, the best usage of both mm. mediums is not... Yes is not super overlapped. No, because I know that people, I mean, I mean, I've had people say this to me that they wouldn't watch my interviews because they go t too long, but they really in love yeah. and enjoy listening to them either when they're driving or if they're at the gym or if they're going for a walk, then it's almost yeah. like, oh, well, hang on, I can, I can, it, and, it, and it's an honor and a privilege that people go like that because you sit there and go, what, you're listening to me while you're driving to work? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's it's it, you have so much more flexibility to on on the audio. This is why I still do audio and not on not video. Um, yeah. And and, yeah. and also it's, and as you the, said at the beginning, it's piece, easy. Yeah, it's much easier. Yeah. It's it's so yeah, much it's easier. <laughs> um, and I think the the important piece here is people aren't interrupting their routine to have to consume your content. Like they're going about their daily thing, which I think is part of the value and the um, part of what makes it so intimate is, you know, uh, if, if somebody walks a dog or is doing dishes or whatever, and they're bringing you along with them to do whatever their normal thing is. So you kind of become this, this uh, person and presence that is part of their normal routine as opposed to, you know, if somebody watches YouTube or whatever, um, they have to fully shift to doing that uh, and they can't be doing anything else. So you're not necessarily as much part of their routine. No, and, and even from a point of view of when you're trying to concentrate, like when, if you're trying to do a task while you're listening to something, you're less distracted listening to it than if you've got someone waving their hands or doing transitions and stuff on the video because your brain will automatically kick into that bit and not what you're actually working on for those who actually multitask and listen to things while they're doing it um no that's brilliant that's brilliant um excellent so what we're going to do now is um go to the second part of the show this is where i get to ask you a set of questions 
that I ask every single guest who appears on the show. So are you ready? What? Okay, it. so question one. On average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and soul. It uh, varies wildly, but I would go probably eight to 12 hours. Okay, question number two. What book has made the biggest impact to your self-development and personal growth and why? And it doesn't have to be a business book. Ooh, um, probably uh, The Go-Giver uh, by Bob Berg. Um, I'm a, a big fan of that book and it is kind of a business book, but it's also more just a personal mindset book where um, I think fundamentally it's made, made the difference in shifting my mindset around business from like setting things up for myself personally to, you know, making, making more of a contribution. Um, and I think, I think that's been a really, really important. Shift. Fantastic. Fantastic. Question number three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or life and why? Ooh, let's see. Uh, business, probably Asana, because I okay. use that as our as our task management. But life, probably the Sudoku app. You know, got to burn some I remember being scared stiff of that because of my dyslexia and dyscalculus or whatever the heck it's called. Um, and um, I didn't realize that it had nothing to do with math. Well, it does, sort of. But And I find it amazingly re uh, relaxing doing them now. Yeah, it's a nice little, and it keeps me off of Instagram. So well, I'll, yeah, anything. I'll, I'll count that as a win. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anything to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Question number four, what's your biggest business mistake, which turned into a valuable lesson, and what did it teach you? Ooh, um, so I came, I came into this business uh, having worked a few relatively short uh, jobs in, in marketing, but didn't have much experience in or any experience in um, cash flow management. So um, about three years ago, um, I essentially was kind of playing that game to where I was spending a lot and, you know, expecting my sales to cover the expenses that I had made. And really what it came down to is just poor cash flow management as a business. Um, got the company into a little bit of a debt situation and had to let go of one of our core team members who was an incredible team member and it really tore me apart to have to do it. Um, but I kind of had that, that moment where I realized I really needed to, you know, fix the numbers and I couldn't just rely on, you know, making a bigger sale next month for that to be the case. So um, that, that was a huge one. It really, really hurt. Um, and I felt, you know, particularly bad in doing that to someone who is an incredible teammate. Um, but I can definitely say it's one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. And I've followed a pretty, uh, pretty strict process around cash flow management ever since. Yeah, yeah it certainly <laughs> teaches you a little bit of a lesson when you, do, when, that, when you make some little judgment calls that go the wrong way. Yep. Um, yep. Not trying to do no. that again. <laughs> no. Question number yep. five. Um, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yeah. Um, I think the big thing for me is I am one of those people who has like tons of interests and tons of hobbies and gets really excited about a lot of different things. Um, so my biggest challenge is, is learning to um, 
focus on the most important things and say no to, to most things. Um, and in doing so, uh, I think just for me, from, from my mental health standpoint, I'm not the person who can focus on one project and spend, you know, a 60 hour work week working on one project. So for me, um, I end up breaking up my day quite a bit with, you know, working out and, and doing, you know, more exercise stuff. And then, um, also getting outside and, and getting into some of my hobbies a lot more. Um, so I think for me having, variety and having different things going on keeps me, you know, the most focused and the most sharp, oddly enough. So when you when you go to work on your tasks in a day, do you kind of like go, okay, there's some key ones that need to get done? Or how how do you how do you utilize sort of like a sauna to help you be productive during your day? Yeah, so we've got, um, you know, I kind of map out a 30, 60, 90 day rough game plan. Um, and then, and then um, my, my biggest thing, and this is kind of a transition that I've been going through is uh, thinking who, not how. Um, so this is, this is, you know, good old Dean Jackson and Dan Sullivan, they talk a lot about this concept, but thinking, okay, who can I partner with to work on this project? And who can I essentially um, connect with that can help me cr make this a reality instead of how do I do it myself. Um, so I, that's been a, a transition for me, but I use Asana then to manage the delegation of those kind of things, as well as um, just kind of keeping track of my own task list and my own project list to, you know, keep myself sane and, and, you know, keep all the things relatively organized. And, you know, let's be honest, it's a little bit of a rat's nest, but at the same time, it's a rat nest, rat's nest that I understand. So which, at the end of, which at the end of the day is the important bit. It doesn't matter if anyone, no one else yep. can understand it, is if you can understand your systems and, and plan, then that's, that's what matters because you're the one implementing it and managing it. Yeah. And as long as I can share it with them in a way they understand absolutely. it, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, organized chaos in some cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Ooh. Um, I think the, the, the biggest one is, um, is not to get overly involved in trying to manage my, uh, mental state. So, um, I think the, the core piece really is to know if I'm in a good mood, I can do really good work. If I'm in a bad mood, I can still do really good work. Um, I, you know, I don't have to be fully reliant or buy into all of the thinking and all of the thinking about the thinking. Um, I can essentially recognize that Yep, I'm I'm in a little bit of a a mental, you know, uh, dog chasing his tail situation where I keep going around and around and around mentally around something, um, but I can acknowledge that and still think, okay, if I were feeling okay about this, if I did feel, you know, relaxed and confident about this, what would I do then? What's the first step that I would take a first pass at and um, and that doesn't mean that I'm disregarding those emotions or, or not paying attention to them. It's just I'm not giving them so much power to 
essentially derail me when I'm when I'm having a you know off day or an off hour. Yeah, I like that. I like I like the phrase you use, not giving it so much power, because it's it's that bit, it's that need to feel that you have to control everything that often yeah, takes you to, yeah. well, one, it can take you away from the plan, but two, it has such a, yeah. a negative effect on your mental state that then that has a knock on yeah, effect and, to so many other elements. And part of that's just recognizing like that's part of the system. It's not something to, it's not something to be banished or to be like, you know, uh, self-helped into oblivion. Like, I think, I think the generally to a degree, I think a lot of self-help is trying to exert so much control over, over, you know, these natural processes that instead, if you kind of relax a little bit, but you don't buy into the natural process quite as much, you don't give it quite as much power. Um, that's kind of the a same, you know, a, a similar outcome or a similar direction with a slightly different approach. So that's that's one that has worked uh, pretty well for me. But you know, there's always ways for improvement. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, number seven. What is your definition of success? Um, I think, in in my mind, success looks like uh, having filling my time with projects that are fun that support other people and that um, essentially make the pie bigger for everyone instead of cutting a larger slice of the pie for myself win-win can't go wrong um number eight do you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge positive impact to your day um, so I have been in the mornings, um, after breakfast, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll read about five or 10 minutes of, of something that, um, is particularly like mindset focused. So, um, the current version or current book I'm reading is, um, Michael Neal and it's uh, called creating the impossible, but the idea really is every day they, it has just a short snippet where he talks about like a different mindset or a different concept around um, creating a, a or working on a project that you kind of deem impossible um, or, you know, highly unlikely to, to actually work or to work out well. Um, and I think that I, that little um, time spent just, looking at or or considering things from a slightly different angle and having a little mindset bump um is really valuable for me and then i always go for a little bit a little walk after that and then after that's when i get to work so i think that combo works really well is having a little bit of a mindset um refresh or a mindset uh exploration and then going for a walk and do you do you use the walk as almost like a reflection pivot when you're sort of doing that because it's based on what you've read or do you just go for a walk and see what happens with what goes on in your head? Yeah, I kind of go for a walk and see what happens. Um, some days I'm feeling reflective or, you know, I'll, I'll have read something that really sparked and I'll think about it. Some days I'll be thinking about what I'm working on that day. Some days I'll literally just be smelling the flowers and walking around. So I think it kind of depends on, on where Skipping I'm at. Skipping down the road. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. With my little, with my pigtails. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're at that point now where um, the floor is now yours for you to share how people can find out more about you. If there's any specific information you'd like to share with them, uh, please take it away. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And Jeff, I really appreciate you having me on. This is a great conversation. Um, you know, we I've been working in podcasting and, and kind of specializing in this whole space of helping entrepreneurs create podcasts that produce real results for their businesses and brands for uh, quite a few years now. And so that's where I've done a lot of research, done a lot of work, um, and we've created a ton of content. We've got a book uh, that teaches these principles um, over at thepodcastprinciples.com. So we've got a, a book and a scorecard so you can kind of see for your situation, does podcasting make sense? Does my idea, it, you know, is it viable? Um, and you can learn the different ways that, that we've kind of figured out that podcasting really works well as a business tool and some of the ways that it doesn't. So um, that's the best way people can connect with me and that's where they can kind of uh, dive in deeper and, and um, you know, kind of figure out for their own situation um, whether podcasting is going to be the, the best move for them or not. Brilliant. Um, ben, I've absolutely loved our conversation. I could have spoken to you for hours um, about this topic. Um, finally, just wishing you the greatest success. Yeah, this is great. Thanks so much. I, I always love talking shop and really great to connect with you as well. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.